This podcast is sponsored by Primal Kitchen Restaurants, providers of fast, casual dining experiences where taste and the freshest ingredients always come first. To learn more about franchise opportunities, visit PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. That's PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sisson and is narrated by Brock Armstrong. Why These Ten Famous Thinkers Napped A few months ago, I did a podcast that included how, why, and when to flop down for a spell. That wasn't a random throwaway podcast either. It was the first salvo in a new war. I'm on a mission to legitimize the nap and to destigmatize the siesta for the average working human. And it's not a selfish thing because I can already pretty much take a nap whenever I want. I'm concerned about you. In a chronically sleep-deprived population such as ours, a 45-minute foray into the land of dreams can rejuvenate the mind, make up for a sleep debt, and make us healthier and happier. Yet those who nap, or simply want to nap, often feel guilty about it, even when they have an hour or two to spare and are falling asleep at their desks. Perhaps it'll make you feel better to know that some of the world's greatest thinkers considered naps to be an integral part of their day and their success. Let's look at a few of them. Ten to be exact. Salvador Dali Dali didn't nap to recover lost sleep or fight physical fatigue. He napped for insight and to stimulate his creativity. His naps were briefer than brief, millisecond-long glimpses of dream space from which he'd emerge with new ideas, visions, and solutions. Dali describes his method in the book 50 Secrets of Magic Craftsmanship. To ensure his nap didn't extend into true slumber, Dali would sit upright in a chair, preferably of Spanish style, head tilted back, and resting in a, quote, supineness of complete relaxation, end quote. Wrists lubricated in lavender oil to induce further relaxation, a heavy metal key loosely dangling between his fingers and poised above a plate. When sleep fell, the key would drop and strike the plate, waking Dally before he could progress past a quarter second of sleep. This was the sleeping without sleeping, the slumber with a key, the hypnagogic nap, and, according to Dally, the secret to his success. Now, you can squeeze a quarter second in, can't you? Samuel Taylor Coleridge I'm not sure Coleridge was a habitual napper, but he took what might be the most famous nap in English literature. After a three-hour snooze that may or may not have been aided and abetted by a significant draft off the opium pipe, Coleridge awoke in a creative frenzy, stumbled over to his writing station, and penned the dreamy Kublai Khan. The poem manages to capture the intangible. What Coleridge discovered is that if you can seize the thread of the dream immediately upon waking and hold on, you can produce some interesting material. Naps just work better for this for a couple reasons. 
it's daytime and you can see what you're doing and writing. It's a lighter sleep, so you're not stumbling around in a daze wiping sleep from your eyes at 2 in the morning. If you're a fan of Kublai Khan, check out Coleridge's much longer Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I love that one too. Next is Thomas Edison. In a kind of ironic foreshadowing of what his most famous invention would do to the sleep hygiene of the industrialized world, Thomas Edison didn't really sleep much at night. Three or four hours was about all he could manage with his workload and impressive to-do list hanging over him. Besides, he thought sleep was a waste of time, an archaic holdover from the caveman days. But he also couldn't escape it. So, to satisfy the base physiological needs of his unfortunate meat body, he power-napped during the day. These dips into oblivion were a source of guilt for Edison, but they always allowed him to work away for 18 to 20 hours per day. Edison also used the quarter-second Dali-esque naps to inspire creativity and overcome ruts. Only he used a handful of ball bearings that would clatter to the floor and wake him up. Margaret Thatcher Much is made of the Iron Lady's disregard for sleep. During her tenure as Prime Minister of Britain, Margaret Thatcher slept just four to five hours a night and transformed British politics. Before you go and try that at home, get your genes sequenced. Thatcher had a rare genetic variant that allowed her to thrive on less sleep than the average person, and even then she needed naps. The Iron Lady ordained that she was not to be disturbed between 2.30 and 3.30 every afternoon. So vital was her nap time. Next one is Albert Einstein. Einstein slept 10 hours a night, but he also napped frequently throughout the day. How'd he get anything done? His naps were of the micro variety, lasting mere seconds, and were designed not to replace sleep, but to boost creativity. What's remarkable about Einstein's use of the hypnagogic nap is that, unlike Dali and other enthusiasts who used it to offer insight into the artistic process, he spent his quarter-second in that in-between state to solve intractable physics problems. We have the misguided notion that scientists aren't creative, that they follow rote, linear processes to arrive at their destinations. Creativity is creativity, and it seems that Einstein was able to use the irrational, half-dream, half-wake mind space to great effect. Next is Leonardo da Vinci. If you gave him a couple of months to acclimate and the latest iPhone, Leonardo da Vinci would fit right into Silicon Valley biohacking circles. He created the first analog computer, which also happened to be a robot lion. He was obsessed with optimizing his productivity, going so far as to decry those who, rather than work in such wise ways that after death they may retain a resemblance to perfect life. Instead, art in sleep, so like the hapless dead. His work-life balance was terrible, and to make it all possible, he was a master sleep hacker, taking a 20 to 30 minute nap every four hours. Next is John F. Kennedy. 
John Fitzgerald Kennedy is widely regarded as one of the coolest presidents. He was a war hero and a handsome fashion icon along with his almost as famous wife Jackie, and he managed to avoid nuclear war during a tense standoff with the Soviet Union. But he also suffered from crippling back pain and lifelong colitis, for which I bet going primal would have done some wonders. But coupled with the already considerable responsibilities inherent to the office and his dependency on strong pain meds made daily naps a requirement for normal function. For two hours every afternoon, he and Jackie would retire to his suite for a nap with strict orders that he was not to be disturbed for any reason. JFK preferred silent darkness, blinds drawn, zero disturbances. Between that and the colitis, he totally would have dug the primal blueprint. Next is Winston Churchill. An intense man, Churchill coined the term power nap. He regarded a nap between lunch and dinner as absolutely necessary for maintaining the kind of clear thinking he employed during World War II and always made certain to get to bed as early as possible after lunch. In the book The Gathering Storm, Churchill lays out his case for the midday nap. Quote, Nature has not intended mankind to work from eight in the morning until midnight without that refreshment of blessed oblivion, which, if it only lasts 20 minutes, is sufficient to renew all the vital forces. <laughs> End quote. Yeah, I'd say that a 16-hour workday calls for at least a brief nap in the middle. The next one is Lyndon B. Johnson. LBJ was a dedicated napper. After assuming the presidency and unveiling an ambitious plan that included civil rights, a war on poverty, and on Vietnam, unfortunately, and tax cuts, he enacted double days. He'd get up at 7, work until 2 p.m., nap until 4, have dinner, and work through the night until 1 or 2 in the morning. Without that 2 o'clock nap, he would have been a wreck. During the thick of the Vietnam War, the tormented Johnson often went with no sleep except for a nap or two during the day. He napped during other people's speeches, held cabinet meetings in bed and boxer shorts during his naps, and when he had the heart attack that ultimately killed him, he was napping in his Dallas ranch home. And finally, Eleanor Roosevelt. Perhaps the most influential first lady of all time. Until Claire Underwood, of course. Eleanor Roosevelt was no idle housewife. She sat on committees, gave speeches, acted as U.S. diplomat, and even helped form the United Nations. And before every speech or public talk she gave, Roosevelt would try to sneak in a nap to refresh her mind and body prepare her for the task ahead, and boost her energy. Whether you like or dislike their art, writing, politics, performance in office, or inventions, you've got to admit that these 10 people managed to accomplish far more than most people ever do. And they did it while maintaining a consistent daily napping habit. If these folks managed to do what they did while napping every day, what the heck is stopping you?
I'm sure I've gotten a few, so let's hear about it over at MarksDailyApple.com. And thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great end to your week. Got a passion for Primal? Join Mark Sisson on a mission to save the world. Become a Primal Blueprint Certified Expert today. With our dollar down payment program, it's easier than ever. Just pay $1 to start and $89 a month for the next 12 months. The Primal Blueprint Expert Certification is the most comprehensive online Primal Paleo Certification program of its kind. Explore the fascinating world of ancestral health from the comfort of your own home with this premier multimedia experience. Perfect for health and fitness professionals, as well as individuals looking to up-level their primal practice. Visit primalblueprint.com slash get certified to put a dollar down today.